In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that just launched their own merch shop. Hey! Link will be in the show like notes. Less than five minutes ago. Right before uh, pressing record, basically. Um, yeah. Link will be in the doobly-doos show notes. Um, it's already up on Twitter. You can find it. But if you're just listening and you want to just type it in, it's shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. Uh, so we got some... Ar- didn't just more- have Raw and Order. Hmm? We didn't just have Raw and Order. I could have made it just Raw and Order, but our full show name is Raw and Order WBU. Back off, Yeah, man. for this show. What about on Tuesday when we record? It is Raw and Order WBU, judges. a visit from the FBI. It's all It's all there. To be fair, Raw and Order WBU makes it very special, because when I put Raw and Order on a lot of other podcasts, there's a heck ton of other shows. When I put WBU, we're number one, baby. Mm-hmm. That's because here's the deal. raw and order, you know, can refer to uh, people who like raw vegan food, you know, all that stuff. But when you get that WBU, that wrestling booking unit in there, that makes us unique, yo. <laughs> Anyways, but so head on over there, look at the merchandise. We don't have a ton of products up right now. We're just launching them. Uh, but um, I am Detective Mark Smarks. I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, great. I'm excited about the launch. I'm excited to get a T-shirt or two or seven. Or I'm excited to show off the T-shirts. I'm excited to uh, announce that that um, that level of growth that we've had recently. Um, just everything. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of excitement here. Also joining us, our brother from another nation, RCMP JLB. What's going on? It's me. It's me. It's Justin JLB. Not much, guys. It's uh, still quarantine times. We're still isolated. We're still doing this podcast. We're still watching wrestling. So you know what? Same as usual. Same as usual. Awesome, awesome. I would like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatness Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this, and of course, liking, sharing, and subscribing, head on over to tatnessco.com and check out the other shows in the network. We've got Tatness Podcast Uncensored. We got Chicken Hen with SM. We got In the Dice Box Slam. We got Basement Bullshit. We got Carpool Shenanigans. They're even adding more shows all the time. So head on over there, check them out. Um, and then come on back to us for the next episode. We're going to go ahead and get on to the crimes because uh, we actually have a very, very uh, special announcement at the end of the episode. So I want to stay tuned for that. Uh, it's sort of in conjunction with the merch shop announcement, but it's big. So it's, it's big. It's really big stuff. Uh, you've never seen anything so big. It is the biggest announcement you've ever seen. That's what she said. It's going to be huge. Enormous. It's it's the best announcement. I don't know about other people. Other people might have announcements, but I've been talking to people, and they say that this announcement is the best announcement they've ever heard. 
It is a big deal. It is a really, really big deal. It's almost as big as the fact that you can shoot up sunlight now. Yes. It's that big. Exactly. Shoot it right in your veins. Put the sunlight right inside you. Right. It's a big deal. You put the sunlight in. You put the disinfectant in. You're clean. No more corona. Big enough. That was good. <laughs> We're gonna move on uh, to start off with crime number one. I think we're going to put a DA fave for the first crime. So what's going on? Well, the first crime is that my drawer wouldn't open. But now that's taken care of, so I don't have to worry about that. Second crime has to do with one Byron Saxton. Byron Saxton, good sir. Your vocabulary that you're going to use in professional wrestling. And I, I left this off of the snap judgment so I could use it as a crime tonight. Um, the word is nip it in the bud. What did he say? Nip it in the... Smarks, you got this one? Um, you gotta no. know. You gotta know. Even if you didn't watch, you gotta know. Nip it in the butt. The butt. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I, I kind of zone out when Byron Saxon talks. I got to be honest. But it's nip it in the butt. Isn't it nip it in the butt? Nope. It, no. It's bud. bud. It's bud. It, it's, it's a pruning reference to uh, when you would have to prune the bad parts off of like a uh, rose plant. Right? So you've got oh! bad buds growing. You nip off the bad buds to stop yes. the bad buds from growing. Uh, and well, so that the good buds. So it's nip it in the butt. And, well, and my, my frustration is that my frustration isn't that he that somebody got it wrong. My frustration is that a announcer got it wrong. Your job is to have a solid vocabulary that is usable and correct. And you said nip it in the butt. Nip it in the butt. Yep, yep. That's right up there with people make that mistake. Though I feel like a lot of people make that mistake. It's, but to me, it's right up there with, for all intents and, or in, for all intensive purposes. It's intense and purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For intensive purposes. gets way too much heat, though, man, all the time, even just by the announcer. So the poor guy, he makes a little mistake like that. You gotta give him a break. That's your crime. Really? That's that's my crime because he's in a, he's he's a prof- you're, you're supposed to be a professional and at a level of journalism. Um, this is not a mistake that uh, this might be a mistake that that John Madden would make, but it's not a mistake that Joe um, oh, I can't remember his last name would make um, or or any of the any, uh, Boomer, you know, um, none of those guys would make that mistake. Sure, there are some that would, but they'd also catch flack for it right there live, you know? While I don't necessarily disagree with your crime, I'm going to point out that it was just a few weeks ago that you guys both gave me a bunch of crap for being nitpicky, and uh, and then you come here with a crime about semantics. So, so I'm just saying, being nitpicky is part of our job. That's and- all I'm saying. And really, you're going to pick that crime over Jerry Lawler? Yeah. Mr. Ramen Noodles himself? Ramen Noodle Moonsault. I would take Jerry Lawler and all of his oopsie racial accidents because he's old. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't. I'd take him over Myron Saxton, though. And and he defended it uh, on his podcast. Myron Saxton is a wrestling Bryant Gumble without skill. See, I don't know if I go quite that far. For me, yeah. Byron Saxon, the big yeah. thing with it, he's just boring. 
He just does a oh. Well, and then you mix him with Tom Phillips, and it's just, uh, Morrow, please, please go to the building in a plastic bubble to do commentary. But, but uh, I, I don't like to say, I don't disagree. We'll get more ramen noodle uh, stuff from uh, Jerry the King Lawler, because according to Jerry the King Lawler, that's where it all started from when he did stuff with the Morrow back in 2016. So let's not give Jerry Lawler another excuse for saying more racial stuff and then defending it afterwards. Obviously, I'm really PO'd with what Jerry Lawler had to say. Well, at Holly, I'm uh, I'm PO'd that Jerry Lawler has a job at all. Not even not even with this thing. Just yeah, he's just a sexual pig. He is. He. I. I. I didn't like him. We've talked about it before, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I didn't like him in the '90s. I didn't like him. In I, the at least 2000s. in the '90s, it felt like a shtick. Uh, I don't. I didn't like him in the early 2000s. I. I even go back and watch some of his, uh, you know, older stuff, his Memphis stuff, and and didn't like it then. He is a dirty old man, and even when he was a young man, he was a dirty old man. And I don't like his shtick, and I don't like his whole thing. And frankly, I think there are puppies. Puppies, puppies. You like that? Nope, didn't like it. I thought, but at least then it was it 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 felt like a shtick. Now it feels like you're just inept. You know, it's it's kind of like Jr. a little while back um, said Oriental. Yeah, and I was just like, ah, ugh. yeah. I, I mean, I've heard that, my people. And well, and I've said before, I I like Jr. I think he's got a lot to give the business, but I think what he he's has to give the business now. now is not on commentary. It's backstage. It's it's podcast. His grilling with Jr. podcast is phenomenal. His capabilities backstage as as both a mentor and a talent scout and all that stuff, phenomenal. Him on the mic, and you know that's coming from a mediocre podcast host like myself. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm so, I, I mean, here's the deal: you get paid upwards of six digits, probably not seven digits as commentary, but probably in the double six digits, probably in the in the two hundred thousand plus range to be a reasonable commentator you can get heat Corey graves does this all the time gets heat without making racial remarks or sexist remarks he makes a little bit of a sexist remark regarding uh mandy rose probably written by vince because vince is a sexist pig as well all right i'll give it that there's nobody to give heat to in saxton and tom phillips except for the fact that they just aren't enjoyable there's just nothing fun about tom phillips and byron saxton i don't know i kind of i i feel like todd phillips is kind of like a michael cole though like it's gonna take a little time to get there but i feel like he could be the next michael cole oh i, I wouldn't i wouldn't say that i wouldn't disagree with that at all I, i've actually called him michael cole light numerous times <laughs> um but he's also light on on the skill set michael cole was able to take a week's worth, uh, uh, an entire episode with uh, co-speakers sitting next to him, and that's it. That was all there was, was just just, uh, guest commentary. And fill it so much better than Saxton and Tom Phillips, who are supposed to have chemistry because they're working together, have ever filled. And Cole did it about a guy with 30 years experience compared to a guy with like three. Totally different. In, In Tom Phillips or Byron Saxton? 
No, I'm saying when you're comparing Michael Cole to Todd Phillips or Byron Saxton. Byron Saxton's probably like seven, but still. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crap. And at a certain point, you have to know where, where you're usable. And I would... Again, I know that Smarks is going to get upset about this. I'd rather hear JBL come in and do get, get the heat that he can get. Because JBL... Can, if JBL, who is... Uh, there's been remarks about him being racist in the past, correct? Yeah. Okay. He's definitely racist. Yeah, and totally a bully. 110% a bully. That that part's done and over with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know how racist he is, but for sure the dude the dude can pull heat with with just pulling heat. You know, just by being a jackass. Taz can do it. You know, there's in Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton, they're both Bryant Gumbly. There's just no heat there at all for either of them. And so you have these likable, lacking in in character development commentary. I mean, that 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 aren't exceptional. To, I mean, at the end of the day, Marvin Hollow is exceptional at his job. So it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be super face or super heel or anything like that. Um, yeah, he's just good. He's just really, really good. He's he's good enough that he talks over Nigel and Beth. Um, yeah, straight up. But but that's okay for him to do there because he is the lead commentator and the other two are contributing commentators, and that's okay. I, I think that's fine. I, I really do. Um, I I'd kill to have Renee Young. With I know. I want Renee Young back, though. Like, I thought she was decent enough. Yeah, something to get out of to get out of Byron Saxon, man. I just don't care for him at all. No, but I, honestly, though, I I really feel like it's getting worse because no matter who you put Byron with, it seems like the announcers are always on him. Like they're always making fun of him every five seconds, and I'm like. I'm like, WWE, don't you have, like, an anti-bullying campaign? Like, this is just borderline bullying, because no matter where Byron goes with, he gets, he's the butt of the joke. Because it's the, the dip it in the bud. But prior are you, to are you sure he's, he is the sure? bud of the joke. Are you sure he's not the bud of the joke? Yeah. It's no the butt of the butt. Uh, well, which one is it for that one? He's the... It's, it's the butt. That one's the butt. But, okay. The booty. The, he's the bootay of the <laughs> great bootay of the joke. There no, I, and I'm not trying to rip. I mean, I am trying to rip on him because I don't want to hear him anymore. And I have to listen to that show every week um, or watch that show every week. And I have to hear Byron Saxton during COVID-19. Um, just really want Morrow back. Um, that said, I would. Uh, Who's the original commentating team? What's that? Who's the original commentating team? Morrow, Nigel, still... and Beth. No, but Byron's also doing Raw too. No. Yeah, they moved Byron to Raw, so it is um, Tom Byron, Jerry, and Jerry. Tom Byron, and Jerry is Raw. Yeah, I just don't get Jerry on NXT. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, I I don't know. I just I'm not trying to be overly nitpicky, and I do apologize, Smarks, for lighting you up for that, but. Um, uh, it's just rough, very, very rough um, to listen to to Byron Saxton every week. I should also say that I, I picked a little bit on, on NXT on the uh, cruiserweights. Um, and yeah, this is me plugging that particular podcast. Uh, 
mostly because I haven't listened to you guys this week, so I apologize. How? How? It's okay. It's not like you listened to my NXT review. Um, I did. Exactly. I uploaded that on YouTube and I listened to it. So ha. Ah. Oh well, I'm an asshat. Uh, maybe yep. I would be a better asshole commentator than Byron Saxton. Oh, for sure. I, I would almost guarantee that I'd be better at it, <laughs> at, at being an asshole. I would say um a lot more though. So um. <laughs> that said, the cruiserweight matches this week. Would any takes on those before we go on to the next crime? Because I thought. We really just need to get to a point where either you put the belt on Kushida or you you play the emotional card for um, Drake Maverick. No, the Drake Maverick thing is going to be one of my uh, misdemeanors later, so I'm okay. holding off on that. But no, my take on the cruiserweight matches is I there's just I, not a lot of people to invest in here. Yeah, I I I feel like, and this is this is the way that the cruiserweight um, championship matches often go, or whatever they have any sort of tournament. I feel like the wrong people almost always are winning. Uh, I can and, tell you, Jake Atlas beating Drake Maverick is the wrong person winning. Yes. Kushida yeah. uh, beating Drake Maverick, I understand. Jake Atlas, no. Well, that's the deal. Is um, before the whole Drake Maverick getting fired thing, Jake Atlas beating Drake Maverick should never have happened. Afterwards, I give it a little bit of a pass. But you've got Fairly. El Hijo de Fantasma debuting and beating Jack Gallagher. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm just livid that someone in WWE booking does not realize what a talent they have in Jack Gallagher. He is so charismatic and so good. Oh uh, yeah. And even with his new, I'm digging his new. You know, when you see the tattoo, you know I'm coming for blood. Sort of gimmick. It, in my opinion, there should only be one. One of four should be the ones that come out of this. Gallagher. Tazawa, Kushida, or um, or Drake Maverick. I like Tony Nese just fine, and he does play a great asshole. Um, I don't know. I'm not. That's that's all I. I mean, I shouldn't say great asshole. He plays a good asshole, <laughs> and and that's the problem is he's only good at being a prick. <laughs> so anyway, that's not my actual crime. I just I wanted to make sure I wasn't alone on the on the. I felt something wasn't right here. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I especially, like, don't get me wrong, Kushida should have won. That's, hands down, that's the way that should go, right? Yeah. But to have Jack Gallagher lose to a person that the WWE Universe has literally never seen before, and I'm not saying he's not good, I'm not saying he's not the up-and-coming next star, I'm just saying that we need to see him first before you have him start a run, right? Sure, sure. Or at the very least, have him beat Start a run beating Tony Nese, not Jack Gallagher. Right. Uh, well, and so that's all. Is that to to you? Doesn't it seem like he's supposed to be a good guy with the whole kidnapping thing, and he avoids being kidnapped? And like, I feel like he's supposed to be a face. And if he's supposed to be a pay- face, you could have put him in a different bracket to be not beat by other people. I don't know. It, I mean, it wasn't the crime. We shouldn't spend too much time on it. It was really just filler because my crime was crap, and I'm okay with that. So I'll give I'll give JLB a pass on my crime was crap, but god dang, I just nip it in the butt on national television. <laughs> wow, Come on, man. By, like, by the way, apology accepted. Oh, yeah, because I did. T- I apologize to you for picking on you a couple weeks ago. I'm going to do that again, though, just so you know. 
Yeah, you will. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing nitpick your nit- now. nitpickiness. So, I may nitpick your nitpickiness later tonight. You, oh, you very well might. I don't know. Maybe not. So, um, like I said, I, I agree. I just, for the most part, my crime uh, filing against Byron Saxon is he's boring. Like, he doesn't, in my mind, he doesn't bring anything really it's to the table. It's weird, because he's kind of energetic. He's kind of, you know, he gets involved with things when the new day comes out. But, like, what is missing? Like, it's weird, because he's probably one of the more energetic um, announcers that he's they have. He's a dork. But what's wrong with dork? He, like, he usually just, dork... Michael Gold's a dork. He just Cole's doesn't a have knowledgeable it. dork. He's not... No, there's a big difference between a dork and a nerd. A dork has no knowledge, doesn't have... It doesn't bring anything for you. A geek is tech. A nerd has some knowledge about whatever they're in. And a dork... Yeah, nobody wants to be around him. Even nerds are like, ah, geez, here comes Dave. He just, he doesn't bring anything to the table. He's Byron. He's just bland. He doesn't have the it, you know? Yeah, I mean, okay, so great. You're bringing a bunch of fake energy to a fake sport. Real pro wrestling. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you now know the difference between dork and nerd. You are welcome. And geek. Now, on the the hierarchy of things, nerds usually are just geek out about certain things. We're nerds for pro wrestling. Smarks is a nerd for lots of sci-fi stuff. Pretty much everything sci-fi. I am a nerd for most nerdy things, but yes. Um, Here's a fun uh, side note for you. The the word dork uh, used to be banned on television. Oh. You could not call someone a dork on TV. The Brady Bunch couldn't call each other dorks because oh. dork originally stands for a whale's penis. Oh, snap. I Which is a penis online on television. Penis, penis, penis. penis vagina, penis. vagina, vagina. Jesus. Anyway, I give it a 10. And that's a 10. We will move on to crime number two. And I don't know if JLB is ready. So maybe ready? I will. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll do this. I'll get her done. You know what? Before I forget. <laughs> I'll, uh, I, I honestly am putting a crime on the Triple H 25th anniversary. I don't blame uh, you there. Don't blame you and, at all. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's not necessarily Triple H's fault or Shawn Michaels, because I think they, if anything, made it at least halfway decent. But I really, it might even be more of a crime against Vince McMahon, because... Boy, was he weird, man. Like, his comments, like, he kind of was just going all over the place and then randomly mentioning the Bailey segment and the gobbledygooker. And you can just tell, and I I felt when he was talking about certain things, about it being boring and wrap it up and Triple H this and the Katie Vick and whatever, like, certain things, I felt like he was so serious, but Triple H was laughing. So I guess... Vince just has that weird sense of humor, um, you know, that you have to get, you only really get once you actually know him. So I was like, cool story, bro, fine. Uh, but it was just weird. Like, why did, well, I, I loved when Vince said that he loved his son-in-law. I, I enjoyed that. That was cool. I think that was the most heartfelt we felt from a Vince McMahon, you know, I thought that was awesome. I'm sure Triple H enjoyed that. Um, I like the joke. I wish you would have said that he loved it, that Triple H was the son he never had. 
I just that would have been funny. Yeah. Little so um, chain. <laughs> the backstage uh, words notes that I read online, someone backstage no? report. Yeah, it was all improv. But basically, they say that the the feeling around backstage is uh, that after all of the events with the XFL and all of this stuff and the absolute murdering that WWE and Vince McMahon got in the press after uh, firing a hundred employees in the middle of a pandemic, uh, you know, they earned that uh, slandering in the press, that slamming, but uh, he that he just doesn't give an F right now. And that that was just all improv. And, and, and I think the exact quote is, don't give an F Vince is going to be interesting. So, um, no, I the, the whole thing, not even just the Vince McMahon, the whole thing, it was boring overall. It, it was all of the bad things about unscripted promos and none of the good things about it, you yeah, know? Well, I- but look, you had first, I mean, it started off well. You had the Triple H coming out with the water bottle. The guy that was said the you only could... good thing about it. The water bottle bit was, I was going to bring it up. The water bottle bit was phenomenal. That was great. The blooper thing with the WrestleMania losses. I, I enjoyed that. That was okay. Um, the FaceTiming was maybe a bit too stretched out. You could have maybe have just done the Stephanie McMahon one uh, and then tried to do something else. I liked HBK. Like, his jokes were awesome. Uh, I invited everybody out to your party, and here's everybody who shows up. No one. Oh, but you have the two commentators. Oh, yeah, but I think they're required to be here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it. It's just the FaceTime, I feel, kind of maybe messed things up. And then Vince shutting the lights off, which HBK, by the way, saved when... The crickets came and Triple H was like, do you hear crickets? Well, that's just the sound of your entire career, H. That's something yeah. like to, that. To me, the ending was fine. Um, I was bored through most of it. And I got to be honest, I was almost screaming at my TV. Triple H, you've been in wrestling for 25, well, more than 25 years, but you've been in WWE for 25 years, right? And you don't know not to answer your phone during live TV. Come on, man. I don't care if it's your wife calling. You're on air, right? By the way, I felt like it wasn't actually live. Oh, I'm I'm 100% sure that that was all pre-recorded. Yeah, uh, for sure. Or at the very least, she was literally yeah. standing backstage watching the monitors as she did it to make sure the timing was right. Right. Um, uh, but, you know, it was obvious that Flair wasn't backstage, so that was, I guarantee, pre-recorded. Yeah, for sure. No, the whole thing, like, don't get me wrong, the video packages were fine because they'd had time to do all that. But the back and forth between Triple H and HBK, like, it was it was all the bad things that come with unscripted promos and none of the good things. Social distancing? Like, come on, that was hilarious. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, uh, it just, it just, it was some, there, uh, uh, Vince Mc, why did Vince McMahon even bring up the Bailey thing? Like, cause he don't give an F. Right. Oh man. Like Jesus. I feel like Bailey's going to end up losing the title to Tamina. I feel like <laughs> that money in the bank, that's what's going down. <laughs> cause that was so uh, hard. Just but a uh, also, the Katie Vicks, who, who, do, do we actually know who produced the Katie Vick? Like, whose idea the Katie Vick angle was? Was that a Vince McMahon thing? I honestly don't remember. Mm, okay. I, yeah. I know I listened to the uh, how-to wrestling on the Katie Vick Triple H, uh, but I don't remember if they even talked about who produced it or not. It was it was a bad, bad gimmick yeah. angle. Poor taste, for sure. So. 
Yeah. But again, like I mentioned on my SmackDown thing as well, um, if it was live, there would be so many things that would have been different. Uh, there would have been obviously more energy. We obviously wouldn't have seen Vince come out. He wouldn't have slobbered. Like it would have been completely different. The entire production, it, it, it would have obviously have not been all improv or any of it improv either. And of course, we would have probably seen DX come in, his best friends come in, and so on. With what they have or what they can do, it's understandable. But I still feel like. I could have done more. Yeah. I was, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. They haven't done that of, for anyone else for 25 years in wrestling. Right. Well, they mentioned so, that too with HBK. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I was, for the most part, I was just bored by it. I was like, oh, they're you know, doing this. Okay. We could have had a whole nother wrestling match during this time. Oh, yeah. We're going to gab, blah, blah, blah. Triple H, blah, blah, blah. Wrestling, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sure enough. Like I say, okay. the only thing that I liked was the uh, when he went to spit the water and the guy just took the water bottle out of his hand. That yeah. was good. There he is. But, but that's it. That's okay. All yeah, not not a great uh, not a great segment as a whole. Yep. Just so not Vince, a good segment. Not a segment that should have been played. Yep. Yep. So Vince so. gets charged on that, and uh, that's my go-to. Okay. Well, my crime goes over to well. It's actually, it's involving AEW. Big surprise. <laughs> but um, it's actually against uh, a section of fans out there. And the, the fans are the fans who, um, and many of them probably fall in the Cult of Cornette segment. So I'm going after them again. But uh, there's a section of fans out there that I've been kind of following on Twitter since this episode. Um, and Dave Meltzer has been a part of this, so... And I'm not a huge Dave Meltzer guy either, but he has some very interesting points on this. But there's a whole section of fans that I'm coming after. They're angry at the Omega versus uh, Alan Angels match on Dynamite. Um, did you guys both get to watch Dynamite yet? No. Okay. I didn't think so, um, so I'll just kind of cover it really quick. Wait, sick. Which match? Uh, Kenny Omega versus Alan Angel. Oh, snap. No, I didn't watch so, that. Oh, Alan Angel is not is a name that we know. Yeah, this right? is the one that went longer, and people think that, that Omega shouldn't have had the issues that he had. Exactly. With. Now, you say it went longer. The match was six minutes long. It, it went it, longer than a squash typically does. It went longer than a squash typically did. But I actually, in my review, praised this match for this reason, right? Now, there was never a point in that match that that Omega didn't have it firmly in hand, right? They even on commentary said, Omega's just toying with this guy, right? But he had this match that he made this unknown guy, Alan Angels, look like a star, right? Or at least an up-and-coming star. Um, he made him look good. He never looked like he was in danger of losing, but at the same point, just like uh, Michigan didn't think they were in danger of losing to Appalachian State those years ago, there's always a chance sort of a thing. Right. But these people have just gone off about how, oh no, a, a real star would never do this to a, an enhancement talent. Enhancement talent is there just to make the talent look good. They're not supposed to look good versus the talent. And I disagree. Number one, 
um, the best enhancement matches are the ones that show off the talent. Not just make them look good, but show them off, right? Um, Every enhancement match has a person in it who eventually wants to be not an enhancement talent, right? Mm. No one wants to be Barry Horowitz for their entire career. Barry Horowitz didn't want to be Barry Horowitz for his entire career. <laughs> um, I, I would be Barry Horowitz for his, for my entire career if I wrestled. I'd be okay uh, with that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'm sure he was okay with it in the end. He had a great career, um, but but it wasn't his plan from the beginning. He didn't no. he didn't want to be enhancement talent. He wanted to be the main eventer. He wanted to be the star. Right. And that's where it comes down to. You've got to make these up and comers look like they're at least something of a threat. But there wasn't a point in this match where Kenny Omega looked like he was going to lose. There were just points where he was like, oh, I have to step it up a bit. This guy's got an answer for that. Normally, I would just be able to beat him with this, but he's got it. Or, you know, I'm going to toy with him a bit. I'm going to do this. Uh, but these people were going off and eventually they were like, he kicked out of the V trigger. No one should kick out of the V trigger. And I go, everyone <laughs> kicks out of the V trigger. Yeah. Everyone does. The V trigger is not his finisher. It's, it's hardly even his signature move. It is a, a setup move at best. Uh, his best matches, he delivers like 20 of them. They're, they're, it's, it's, it's roughly like, you know, saying, oh, someone uh, kicked out of the back body drop. Of course they did. It's a setup for another move, right? He didn't kick out of the one-winged angel. That's Kenny Omega's finisher. And so far, there's only been one person who's ever kicked out of it, ever. And that was Kota Ibushi. Oh, I thought it was Okada. Nope. Okada didn't kick out of it. Uh, I'm Okada got out of the setup for it. Got times. out of the setup for it many a time. Yeah, that was. But that's the whole brilliance of the one winged angel is is that the move itself is so devastating, but the setup is so intricate that it's so hard for him to actually hit the move on someone. It is almost the opposite of the RKO out of nowhere sort of a thing. Yeah, it really is. It is the if I can find a way to hit you with this, the game is over, but it is so difficult to actually do it. I have to do all this other stuff to set it up. Um, and that builds the drama in the match. But that's why I I, re- I loved this match with Alan Angel, because it made Alan Angels look like someone that I was like, hey, you know, they should maybe think about signing him, even if he's just going to be a enhancement talent. Even if they're going to put him on the Dark Order, and have him be a, a, a minion for a while, right? That's fine. He he looked good. He looked like a real wrestler. He looked like he belonged in the ring. Unlike when you turn on, um, well, both Raw and SmackDown had matches, mostly on Raw, I think, had matches with enhancement talent, right? Just local talent that came in. And, um, and in this case, they were local talent as in NXT signed wrestlers who hadn't been used on TV. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but n- neither of them looked like they had a chance in those matches. They were they were there and they just got squashed. And so when you saw them come out, you didn't ever think, oh, they might have a shot. But there were points in the Allen Angels match that I thought, you know, I could see them booking an upset. I didn't think they were going to. I never was what scared that uh, Omega was going to lose. He never looked scared. He looked confident the entire time. It was just, oh, this didn't work, so now I'm just going to have to step my game up a little bit more. Do a little bit more. Do a little bit. 
But these people, I mean, literally, uh, Dynamite was on Wednesday. We're recording this on Sunday. Half an hour ago, I checked on Twitter, and there were people still talking about this match on Twitter about, oh, Omega just isn't the star that he should be because of this stupid booking. And I go, are you kidding me? He put on a six-star match not too long ago with Hangman Page. He's put on some of the best matches in AEW in the last three months, right? Yes, he he. they don't have him portrayed as the the main event killer right now because they're choosing to highlight other characters right right to be perfectly honest if they'd have come in and started up aew and immediately put the belts on the young bucks the belts on kenny the heavyweight belt on kenny omega you know uh and the or, or cody or or cody yeah but, you know, either one of those, these same people would be saying, oh, these people are just doing like WCW. They just come in, they, they just start it up so they can put themselves in the belt, right? They're, they're in a lose-lose uh, kind of choice there, but they're trying to do the best. Kenny Omega is focusing a lot on the women's division. He's focusing on building talent. And this was a perfect example of this man going above and beyond to make a wrestler who's not currently signed to AEW look like a quality wrestler. You know what's going to happen now? Alan Angels is going to start booking uh, bigger matches in the indies, right? He's going to move up the card. He's going to become a bigger star because of this match. Because now his name is out there. Now people know his name, right? Because it was said on national TV and he looked like he, he belonged there. This is well, building up the stars of the future. Have have a, he also didn't have to have a fake name. No, he got to use his real name. Although they didn't call him Eagles a few times. Well, mostly that was Chris Jericho being a jerk, but uh, but no, that was my thing. Is it was like o- Omega understands that the stars of tomorrow start off as the enhancement talent of the t- today, right? So why not let the guy look good in a match, even in loss? That's all it comes down to, right? So what he kicked out of the V trigger, everyone and their dog kicks out of the V trigger. If they put me in a match with Kenny Omega, I would get my ass kicked, but they would still let me kick out of the V-Trigger because nobody gets pinned by the V-Trigger. That's I, the way it is. It's not I, his finish. I, 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 don't, I don't think you'd pass the physical. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Pass, passing a, a wrestling police officer physical is very, very different from passing an actual wrestler physical. Yeah, you know, they almost give anyone a license. It's weird. <laughs> to be a wrestling... Wrestling cop. No, yep. to be a police cop. You, you can just go online to shop.spreadshirt.com slash law and order WBU and join the police academy right now. They don't you don't even have to sign any forms or anything. No physical you, get you, do the shirt. you have to hit the button. You have to hit the button. You have to enter some information, including some payment information, and then miraculously in a few days or week you get a shirt and now you're in the police academy oh. it's so simple no i'd i'd be i'd be out of breath just walking down the ramp that's not the point my point <laughs> is in the match he would hit me with a v trigger i'd still get my shoulder up and then he'd hit me with something even more devastating like a surprise roll up and i'd get pinned that's the way yeah, it yeah. would work let's pray to god he doesn't put you into the one-winged angel <laughs> no, i'd be dead 
Uh, well, and, he, and he'd be hurt. You would fall. <laughs> yeah, he'd be hurting because I'm a hefty boy. I'm sure he can do it. I'm not saying he could. I'm gonna go ahead and say challenge. Challenge made Kenny Omega to put Kenny Omega Sparks in the One Winged Angel and not let him fall backwards as he's trying to balance on your shoulders properly. Oh, <laughs> They're gonna come to Omaha someday, and he's gonna be like, "I heard the challenge." <laughs> And my wife is going to be like, no. And I'm going to be like, I made a promise. <laughs> and then I'm going to die. Hey, hey, no, it's a blame. blame You're going to die doing what you love, bud. You're going to die doing what you love. Indeed. Indeed. Sitting on, <laughs> sitting on Kenny Omega's shoulders. <laughs> That's the thing that you love, just for future reference. He's so dreamy. <laughs> dream, dream, dream. I had no clue that this conversation was going there tonight. I'm glad it went there, but I had no clue that it was going there tonight. So that's my charge. My charge is against those fans who are you. And don't get me wrong, I understand. It's it's even in the intro to these shows. Wrestling fans will needlessly nitpick everything out there. But is this really the hill you want to die on? Kenny Omega had a six-minute-long match versus a enhancement talent where he made the talent look good, uh, but still won handily without having... He didn't even have to hit his finish, right? Sparks, we just had a guy complain about nip it in the butt with Bud. Okay, so yes, to answer your question, yes, we are going to complain about this because it is Twitter. And people complain about everything nowadays. And I don't think Kenny Omega is affected in any way, shape, or form. He knows what he's doing. He's helped out Angel. And he's good. That's it. I, I, I will point out, however, that yes, we did have a charge for nip it in the butt. But that was just one. I mean, it's not like uh, DA Fabe has been on Twitter for four days tweeting about it, right? Well, we don't know. We'll just have to yeah, wait. I, I even left it alone on NXT, man. Like <laughs> These the people... These people are just sitting at their keyboards like rabid dogs. Oh, I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Melcher, you're just an AEW mark because you won't even call him out on this. Blah, blah, blah. No one else would ever do this. Flair did it all the time. Yeah, yeah, geez, yeah, That's actually geez, what geez. made Flair amazing was that he would do one-hour-long matches, not take the win or the loss with a relative unknown from wherever he was wrestling that week. So it goes on and on, and like I say, they're still talking about it. And I was like, really? Is this? I mean, is this the hill you want to die on? There are so many other things to be pissed off at in professional wrestling, and if you want to be pissed off at Orange Cassidy for existing, I guess I understand it. But but this wasn't this wasn't a, a weird gimmick. This was someone doing something that has been done in professional wrestling for generations. Established stars will sometimes make the enhancement talent look good. You know why? Because it makes them look good in the long run. It makes them not enhancement talent forever. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, that, though, go ahead. you guys are kind of hypocrites, too. Uh, because at the same time, you were just complaining about the whole Jack Gallagher uh, situation, where Jack Gallagher or Gallagher, whatever his name is, lost uh, to a guy that had just started on NXT. 
Well, so, no, because he, here's the deal. I didn't say that he shouldn't have made El Hijo de Fantasma look great. I said he shouldn't have lost to him. You can still make him look great in a victory, just like I'm saying that Kenny Omega did made him look great in a, in a victory, right? El Hijo de Fantasma is a phenomenal wrestler, and he's got a long career ahead of him. He's got a long career behind him. He's been doing it for a long time. In WWE, in NXT, he is a total new lord. He should lose. Jack Gallagher has been there for long, and he's phenomenal. So you yeah. should give him a run. Jack Gallagher hasn't had a run with the championship, period. Right. Uh, this isn't... I, I mean, I didn't even realize, like, I messaged you guys. I'm like, guys, who is this guy? Like, he has the same name as Gentleman Jack, and I totally didn't realize of the crazy transformation that he did. Totally, just mind-boggled. Didn't even realize. You had to show me his Twitter. I'm like, wait, this is the same guy? Are you sure? Da, da, da. Like, total transformation. Hot diggity damn. Love Jack Gallagher. Don't love him being called Jack Gallagher. I feel like that's Gallagher um, everywhere but WWE. It's so weird. (laughs) I was listening to a a wrestling podcast. um, I think it was How To Wrestling. No, no, it was WrestleTalk. They went off, uh, this was months ago, about how... I know which one you're talking about. They they were like, we didn't realize that Americans pronounced it Gallagher. And I'm like, nope, nope, I'm an American. I've lived here my entire life. I've never heard it pronounced Gallagher until I turned on NXT. I don't know where that comes from, but but it's Gallagher. Yeah, but it's Gallagher. It's but, always been Gallagher. I grew up with Gallagher's in my and they there's pronounced a hard it Gallagher before they pronounced it Gallagher when he was with the umbrella and the stash though. I don't think it was Gallagher at that time. So they for uh, some reason just changed the name. No, they've been pronouncing it Gallagher for at least three years. Oh, okay. Fair I've been it oh. anyways. So no, and that's what I'm saying. I didn't say that Jack Gallagher can, shouldn't have made El Hijo de Fantasma look great. They should have had a 20-minute long match or a 12-minute long match and looked phenomenal and all of this stuff. I'm just saying that I thought the wrong person won. That's a different uh, reaction than yeah, saying... Yeah, you're going to make a loss. That's an entirely different situation. Mm-hmm. Then I'm I'm on board and still tweeting. I may even tweet to begin <laughs> with. You know? And that's, that's a pretty big move for me because I don't really use the Twitterverse. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you. It's very, very different to say, hey, it's okay to make somebody look good. And occasionally when you have a new star, you have a... But it's not like he came out and suddenly he was this just... Uh, Phantasma was this machine that just, oh my gosh, this is going to change the tournament altogether. He didn't he come was. out and Goldberg it. No, no. Right. And, and and that's the only way you do that, in my opinion. I mean, you do a Ryback, you do a Goldberg, you don't have him go up against one of the top eight that you're, that you're saying is in the tournament. You know, th- these are the top eight. And if that's the top eight, um, no wonder that, that division's not doing well. Um... <coughs> uh, not anything against the guys tonight, but there's guys that it's just not that enjoyable to watch. Just not that great to watch these guys in some of that. Um, there is Kenny Omega is always enjoyable to watch. He's going to draw and he's going to bring fans. And quite frankly, it's going to be a good match. 
and he proved it against the blow up doll, against this guy, uh, against Angel girl, <laughs> like a mop. a mop, like he puts on three star matches bare minimum, and that's against inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. That's my point is he's had a long history of making people look good who shouldn't, quote unquote, shouldn't look good against him. That's quite kind fr- of his gimmick. Quite frankly, I don't know that we have without Kenny Omega. Because uh, just recently, I watched a podcast. Um, I want to say it was what culture that did it. Maybe not, but um, a a review of the top ten feuds of the last decade. Um, and Kenny Omega was second with his Kuzuchika Okada. Was it Okada? Yeah, he went up against Okada. And then Okada had was second and first. His other one was uh who who is his other big feud with in Japan? Um you just well, mentioned the one that beat that kicked out of the one winged angel. Oh, um 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 Kota Ibushi was a recent one, so that would be a big one. He recently had one with Jay Wyatt was another good one. Uh, it was um, I think it was Ibushi. So Okada, you know, the, when when you have that I don't know that Okada's as good as as we see without it. I don't I don't think Kenny Omega's other feud that was on that list was with Jer- Chris Jericho. Um, yes, Chris Jericho's great either way. I don't know that we are as in love with Chris Jericho being Le Champion when he was Le Champion. Um, if he didn't prove that he still had it less than a year ago. And, mm-hmm. and, New Japan. So, um, if you're really wrestling works, you know some of these things. You don't know them all because it's impossible to watch the whole world worth. But if you're really a wrestling mark, you know that. Oh, I, I want to use somebody completely different. Um, Will Osprey is going to put on a flipty do match that makes even a chunky guy look like he can do flipty doos somehow. Well, you know? I mean. Okay. A perfect example of it, and I'm trying to, I'm totally blanking on the name right now. It was a big deal um, not too long ago. The match, it was Bret Hart versus, what was his name? I'm Googling it. Like old Bret? Uh, yeah, yeah, what do you was, mean? Not too long ago, and you're mentioning a Bret match? The, the, this, this is, is going to be a while. The, uh, it was the lost match. It was, I'm trying to remember what it was because I'm going to sound stupid here. Uh, Tom yeah. McGee. That's right. I didn't don't realize Brett was doing gray hair matches. No, he wasn't. This was that's why I say it was a lost match. Tom McGee. Okay. Uh, it this match um, took place at a house show. Oh. Um, untelevised match uh, at the Rochester War Memorial Arena in 1986. Tom McGee was um, someone chosen by. What? <laughs> this is like 30 years ago. Yeah, That's 30 years ago. That's definitely long ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. But the, the match, like I say, it's been a lost match. They didn't know there were tapes of it. And it mm. just came out about a year ago. They found a tape of it. Oh, wow. And that's okay. the thing. It's, it's a, they even did a WWE Network special about it. So Tom oh. McGee was chosen right. yeah. by Vince to be kind of the next big thing. And he had all the right things. He had the look. He 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 was a built man. He had a great look, all of this stuff. And so they put him in an exhibition match with Bret Hart. And Bret Hart made the guy look like an absolute superstar. And the dude had absolutely no talent, right? Uh, and Bret, Mark, Bret Hart just carried him on his shoulders through this match and made him look like a superstar. Because that's what great wrestlers can do. They can Absolutely. take a person and build them up into a great match. 
Tom McGee ended up just floundering because not everyone else could do that, right? And I'm not trying to to dog on anyone because I, you know, I think uh, Ray Trailer was a great wrestler, but he couldn't pull a five star match out of a Tom McGee, right? Uh, no, you couldn't pull a five star match out of Ray Trailer. Yeah, and that's the deal. Is it, he could pull it, a better storyline though than most people? Mm-hmm. I mean, Big Boss Man. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. And so this I mean, this, this part of Tom McGee is a perfect example. I'm I'm not saying. Alan Angels is Tom McGee. Alan Angels is probably ten times the wrestler Tom McGee was, maybe more. But but it's it's the same thing. It's an established star knowing that I've got to put this guy up on my shoulders a bit and carry him to a great match. Um, and I'm not even saying six minutes was a great match, but showing him off, making him look big. Because we don't want to just see squash match. Yes, they happen. They happen in real life. Uh, Mike Tyson, in real sports, made a, a career out of squash matches, right? Sure. Uh, uh, Conor McGregor. Chuck, Chuck Liddell, Conor McGregor. Yeah. Um, but, but at the Ronda Rousey. Yeah. But, but at the most part, <laughs> Jake Hager. But at the most part, <laughs> squash matches are not quite as fun to watch as a little bit more competitive matches. And that's what Omega's said. He, I'm not, he didn't take him to a 20-minute time limit draw. The guy didn't kick out of his finisher. He just said, hey, I'm going to make you look decent, right? That's well, and when you talk about that, I mean, so think of the one 20-minute time limit draw we have seen. Did that? I mean, that put over um, Darby Allen mm-hmm. at a level at a level I can't even begin to explain. We had a ten minute draw that put over um, Jungle Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you got you got those those time limit draws have put over people. And yes, the, this guy's not a signed wrestler, but that's how you put those guys over. Mm-hmm. You know, is is somebody out there upset that Darby Allen went to a draw with Cody Rhodes? Oh, I'm sure they're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is too. But at the end of the day, it was the right move, and it really built Darby Allen, and it made all of us fall in love with Darby Allen. And he's a wonderful face right now with with the silent attitude. It's just great. Um, did did <laughs> did Orange Cassidy coming in as the 22nd member of a 21 man battle royal put anybody over? It did. It sure didn't put over Tommy Dreamer, who got rid of him. You know, but it, it allowed us to feature Orange Cassidy and created two, at minimum, two giant Orange Cassidy fans out of nowhere. From out of nowhere. Because I hadn't heard of him before that. No. And it's. That's anyway. what those, you got to do that sometimes. I remember in 1996 when the Patriot beat Bret Hart. Yeah. And. Ugh, the Patriot. Oh, horrible wrestler. And. It, and but. You know, it was a push that, that they were deciding to do at that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, first match beats the world champion. Pfft, what? Okay. Yeah, see, and that's that's the sort of thing I can understand being angry about. But he he didn't beat Kenny Omega. He, he didn't even come close to beating him. He just no. gave him a, a good match that lasted six minutes instead of three minutes. Whoop-dee-doo, right? Let's move on. Find something else to bitch about this, which I'm sure they will. Which will be, you know, Brian, Byron Saxton. 
Yeah. He'll probably say uh, something else, like, for all intensive purposes. <laughs> you, you struggled to say that. <laughs> I, you have, I have to think about it. I have to think hard to make sure I don't say it the right way. Anyways, we're going to wrap it's up. Anybody Crime who says, this wrong, says those things wrong, it's not a dog on you. It really isn't. It's a dog on a professional whose job it is to do that professionally. move on to misdemeanors so um i'm gonna start off because i uh, i only have this one misdemeanor and i alluded to it earlier right <laughs> i'm not officially filing charges on it today but if this whole drake maverick getting fired turns out to be a work i am going to be so pissed off and i'm gonna be pissed off but happy but pissed off right just because all it all it would serve to do is belittle the people who actually were fired, right? And I'd be happy for Drake Maverick to still have a job. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I like, oh man, you you turn it into a work just like I'm already as much as I'm happy that he still gets to wrestle these three final matches, uh, gets to show off what he's capable of as kind of an audition for for the indies and whatever. I, you know, they're they're playing it up this whole story. They're talking about it nonstop. He's he's got to win just to keep his job, uh, but then they have him lose to Jake Atlas. And I'm not saying Jake At- Atlas isn't good, you know. I am. He's fine. I don't think he. I I think I think even without the firing, Drake Maverick should have been the one who won. With the firing, I understand them giving Jake Atlas the win. But this making it a whole storyline. Jake Atlas is, a side note, Jake Atlas is the Byron Saxton of the 205 Live. He's so boring. He's still developing his character, so I get it. But anyways, I just, like, it's in such poor taste to use the fact that this guy will soon be out of work as a storyline like legitimately out of work but it even in more poor taste to turn it into uh, a work the entire time so this is a lose-lose situation for wwe they would have been better off just pretending that we didn't know that he'd been fired and just saying you know yeah he's wrestling I, I, I agree with you on this 110% because it felt like, well, and I called you, it, it felt like a work. I was like, oh my gosh, there's a swerve. They're swerving with this. This I cannot believe it. And, um, you know, I was both excited and sad to see. The more I thought about it, the more I, I was excited at first. And then I was like, ah, what garbage. And we haven't talked about this at all. But I, I just thought, how horrible is that to the people who got who actually got fired? Everybody has to be a swerve. The whole thing has to be a swerve, which would be just the worst storyline of all time. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't in, disagree with you on that. In related uh, news, I'll air quote it, uh, Tynara Conti, who was one of the people who got let go, um, she was an NXT, barely got used on TV, um, fairly talented girl. Um, she, uh, in an interview, has uh, said that she requested her release three months ago and was told no. And that's part of what makes these firings so frustrating and angry to me is, you know, the, yes, the, some of these people were unhappy there and they're better off going elsewhere. But Mike Bennett, 
asked for his release and was told no. Tynara Conti asked for her release and was told no. Back when they had a chance to get jobs elsewhere, they were told no. And now that there's no jobs to be had, eh, hit the bricks, go kick rocks. That makes me angry. That's part of what makes me so frustrated. But anyways, that's the end of my misdemeanors. Do you guys have any misdemeanors to talk about? Um, well, I guess, you know, uh, I did mention Jerry Lawler before. Uh, definitely a misdemeanor. Jerry Lawler making an excuse of, you know, his reasoning for mentioning the ramen noodles. He says it wasn't intended to be, um, it wasn't intended to be racist. He then goes on to say that when he did commentating with Moro in 2016, that, um, that, you know, Moro would call something the orange crush and he, cause he didn't really know the move. So it was kind of just a joke between him and Moro. Uh, and then he mentions as a heel commentator, like, you know, heel commentators like Jesse Ventura and so on. We, we get that slack and so, he was just making all these excuses. And I was yeah. just like, the, the thing is, right, Mara Ronaldo saying, oh, that's an orange crush because he doesn't know the name of the move is not the same thing because no one is from orange. Orange isn't designed, uh, isn't, isn't designated to a specific uh, nationality or race, right? Uh, but a ramen so moonsault. So I Googled, though, I Googled, okay, ramen noodles, where exactly is it from? We know Akio Tozawa is Japanese. I'm like, I'm sure ramen noodles is Japanese, right? So I no, check. Chinese. Uh, there's a debate there. So it's both, technically, because either way, it's Chinese, Japanese. It's somewhere there, depending on who you ask. But For at the end of the day, it's racist. Because yeah. it's my- not like you called it the orange moon salt. You literally went towards his uh his nationality like his ramen noodles from what i'm uh and this is you know totally i think they were originally a chinese dish that got imported into japan but they've been adopted and they're way more popular in japan than china see china i heard, the, so, I, uh, I heard yeah. they originated in japan but he had chinese work they had chinese workers and they implemented uh, also a Chinese noodle and a different kind of boiling technique. They called it something else, and then they brought it to China. So there's just a crazy debate there that I don't think will ever get solved. Um, according to Wikipedia, it was started in Yokohama. <laughs> yes. oh, oh, we're referencing Wikipedia as the Anyways, you didn't do good in school. <laughs> but I searched anyways. Wikipedia! Why don't I get an A? Because you sourced Wikipedia. Oh! So anyway... (laughs) Wow. Nice rant. Holy cow. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yep. According to the Yokohama Ramen Museum, ramen originated in China and made its way over to Japan in 1859. Uh, Anyway. That's that's my point, is if, if the... The whole point of the joke is referencing someone's origin, someone's race or nationality or religion. Then it's racist or, or gender. Or, it, or gender. Yeah. It's either racist or sexist or it's just prejudiced, right? It's like years ago, uh, a friend of mine and my brother, who is Jewish, uh, and I were working at a radio station and this new guy got hired. And the guy was dumb as a brag of bricks, right? 
And this is a what of br- brag of bricks? A bag of bricks. A brag of bricks. Dumb is a brag of bricks. I heard brag. I'm sorry. Dumb is a bag of bricks. Um, and so my friend, by the way, uh, his last name is Guardiola. So he is of Hispanic origin. Um, this guy walks into the room with my brother, who is Jewish, and my hispanic friend and me and says hey i got a joke for you guys uh, a jew and a mexican walk into a bar and my brother goes wait 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 i'm gonna stop you right there you do realize that he's mexican and i'm jewish and the guy goes well it's not a racist joke oh boy bro if the fact that these people are jewish and mexican <laughs> are important to the joke then it's a racist joke. That's really what it comes down to. If you cannot tell the joke by saying two people walk into a... So it's the same thing with this. He could have called it whatever he wanted to, but he went racist with it. And that's why it's it's worthy. It's worthy of a full crime in my book, but we'll give him a misdemeanor because he's a legend. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're not even going to finish the joke? He didn't finish the joke because we went okay. off on how it was a racist joke. We didn't even let him finish. Okay, we, we ridiculed him out of the room. He went back to his his other room with his head between his legs. Boom. Just like that. God, lucky fella. He can fit his head between his legs. Yeah. That was more impressive than, than how stupid he was. <laughs> Anyways. So, we will move on to commendations. I, I don't think I... Oh, oh, you didn't. Okay. You yeah, had one. No, this would be a commendation anyway. Is, so okay. we'll move on to commendations. Um, you know, who wants to go first? I'll let someone else go. I'll, I'll go first on this one because uh, because it it fits under both. I'm gonna give myself um, a misdemeanor for dogging on Shotzi in the uh, women's uh, gauntlet match. Um, I do. I'm the one who does the NXT reviews. So, or the NXT snap judgments. My snap judgment was Shotzi looks shotty sometimes when she's on the offensive. I think Smarks and I talked about this quite a bit. Um, to me, Shotzi looks like she's afraid to do the offensive maneuvers until she knows the other person's prepared for them. Um, this week, she was much better in the tag match. Um, her timing looked like it was, it was, it was good. So there's the commendation to her and the misdemeanor to me. Um, Shotzi, you're improving. Um, I do agree with Smarks. You are very marketable. So there's a big plus there. Um, and and her timing in the women's tag was about 80 times better than it was in the gauntlet match. So um, that's what I got. Accommodation to Shotzi Blackheart for uh, better better offensive timing. Her defensive timing is exceptional. She can take a bump anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Um, or she she does seem to care about whether or not she hurts people, which, you know, is an improvement over Nia Jax this week. Um, also a misdemeanor on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to not talk Nia Jax this week. But... <laughs> well, you talked about it earlier when you nope, actually... Sure didn't. Nope, didn't. Nothing Rose. happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. La, 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 la. I can mute you again. You know I can't. <laughs> So anyway, Shotzi, great job this week. Um, and Nia Jax, I think, I think I'll think i throw one more misdemeanor in. Um, please do not concuss other wrestlers. 
Oh my god, right? Like, I felt so bad for Carl. I know she might be leaving WWE, but Jesus, you don't have to make her leave with a concussion. Yeah, don't let her uh, pressure. Jesus. Let her walk out on her own. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, what was that? Well, it was supposed that to be a, a buckle, buckle bomb. bomb. <laughs> but she didn't throw her, she just dropped her. Nope. All I saw was her almost breaking her neck into a thousand pieces, and we would have. Oh, Jesus. It. I'm not going to say that's bad. I was going to mention it's going to be Owen Hart all over again, but that's wrong. You could probably cut that out. Um, If anything, it's more Stone Cold all over again. Yeah. But. Against Owen. Against Owen, yeah. That was what I was referencing. Thanks, guys. See, see, I can't hear Owen Hart in any sort of tragedy and not immediately go to the, the Blue Blazer. Just say Blue Blazer. Just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah but that's valid. So uh, I have two. Okay. Uh, so one, I uh, give accommodations to Oscar. I think this girl deserves her own like radio show or TV show. Although we don't understand 80% of what she's saying, I am 100% entertained by what she does. Her rants. Her rants when she's in the ring. It's just hilarious. Always a good time. She's always making me laugh. And I'm just happy I get to see her every Monday night. Um, and I, I got it. With the, I know, I know. I know, I know. That's it. It was just so hilarious. Great. What was, it was also another thing, too, that she did. Um, damn it. The day's excuse me. Um, but it was just spot on. Like, it was great. She's just entertaining. And I don't understand half of what she says, but I still love it. So there's no excuse why anyone can't get over without being able to talk on the mic. Because Asuka does it no problem. But she just adds so much energy, and I love it, and she deserves all the credit in the world, and she should keep going with that. Second accommodation. 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 This might be a no, Canadian question. Accommodation. Just. Okay. Accommodation. You're commending someone. Hold oh, right, on. on. It's, uh, it's like I'm having a conversation with Byron Saxton right now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, my, my second commendation is going to go to Dana Brooke. I am happy that Dana Brooke is finally getting some kind of a push. I'm not a huge fan of her character with her being too girly, but at the same time, it's working. Um, so I am happy on that, and I am happy that she actually has uh, is going to the Money in the Bank, and I really hope she wins it, because this girl has put so much hard work into being there, and she's never really given anything, and god darn it, I want Dana Brooke to be champion, so uh, let's let's get her done. Anything's better than Bailey. This is valid. Who is better than Bailey? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, not anything. Tamina's not better than Bailey. <laughs> yeah, true. 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 <laughs> you get a point for that. Um, my commendations, uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Uh, I've said this before. I'm giving a commendation to Impact Wrestling. Uh, oh, and I know neither of you watched this, but if you can find a way to watch night one of their uh, Rebellion, it was going to be their pay-per-view, but they just did empty arena show. They're doing two nights of it last week and this week. I feel like I saw one on the Fight Network or something. Maybe that it was, was so good. Maybe in Canada where you can get the Fight Network. Oh, snap. So it started off with a six-man tag match. Tommy Dreamer, Rhino, 
versus OVE, which was Dave Chris, Jake Chris, and Madman Fulton, with a special guest. Uh, and it was the return of Crazy Steve. And I love Crazy Steve. I was so happy. You had a three-way tag team match, the Rascals versus Falabala and TJP, uh, and uh, AC Romero and Larry D. That was good. Willie Mack defeated Ace Austin to become the X Division champion, uh, which was great. Kylie Ray defeated Kieran Hogan uh, in a phenomenal match with an STF. Um, so good, so good. And then they had a match that I did not think Impact Wrestling would, would have go the way it, it did. But it was an unsanctioned match. Ken Shamrock versus Sammy Callahan. And they had Ken Shamrock win with Sammy Callahan passing out. Um, and it's such a brilliant thing because it's an unsanctioned match. Sammy Callahan has gone this entire last week just on a rampage on Twitter about how I didn't tap out. It was an unsanctioned match. And the ref was like, well, I did what I was supposed to. You couldn't tap out. And he's like, it doesn't matter, right? It's unsanctioned. You shouldn't stop it for anything except for a submission or a pin. That's it. That's about the so, point. So it, it set up a great storyline, and that's just night one of it. They've still got night two coming with more stuff coming up this week on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm giving it a commendation. It was a phenomenal night. Go find a way to watch it, if only to watch the Kylie Ray match, because it's phenomenal, and the Sammy Callahan part, which was great. Um, Sammy Callahan is a great, great wrestler for them. He's uh, he's developed his character so well. You know, he he did not succeed in NXT as Jeremiah Crane, I think was his name there. Um, but he's gone on and he made made a great character of himself. So um, that's my commendation. I'm not going to go too far onto it because I've talked about Impact Wrestling and you guys think I'm crazy, but it seriously is low-key some of the best wrestling you'll find on TV any day of the week. So... Wow. Uh, Speaking of Loki, is he still there? Uh, he, last time I checked, he was still involved, but he hasn't been in many matches. I think he's doing a lot overseas um, right now, or has been. I don't know. Anyway. My other commendation is for Cody for the phenomenal promo that started Dynamite off. And I didn't even talk about it in my Dynamite review because there was so much other stuff to talk about. But Cody did this uh, promo starting it off. Um, he, he sat down in a chair in like a, almost like a bat cave control room with like five monitors in front of him that were good, showing different matches and stuff like this. And he's going over the, the TNT tag, uh, TNT title tournament. It's a lot of T's. Um, uh, and all of this stuff and who his potential, cause at the time the matches hadn't taken place, but who his potential opponents will be and all of this stuff. And he he just it was so well done at one point he even uh mentioned he said did i break the throne because i was afraid to sit in it uh talking about how he needs a championship saying he's destined to be a mid carter it was so well done i've said it before i seriously think cody delivers hands down some of the best promos in the game um, and this was a phenomenal. Am I crazy or was the audio kind of weird on it? It it was a bit, but I think that was more technical issues, uh, not directly related to him. Um, I think with the the uh, pre-recording and all that stuff, they they might have had some issues come up. But it was still I such. Just, a big I, 
I, I, I just feel, though, like every time they do those kind of promos, like whether it's in the limo or whatever, there's just always these audio issues. And I feel like, yo, you, you've been you've been doing this for a hot minute. Like, I, if I were to bet money, I would bet that that was recorded in his basement at his house, not in a studio. No, but look at Jericho's promo. Jericho's was recorded just outside his thing, and that was perfect. It was fine. You heard everything. It was golden. It was good. So Basements have echoes. It's why we have these microphones set up in certain ways to not not echo in get, doing this podcast. If I flip a switch here and put it on omnidirectional, you're going to hear all sorts of echoes in this. I would bet hard money that that he didn't have a film crew or anything like that. He basically just set a camera up and recorded it there because he didn't have the up option to get better. And that's why I, I, I give it a pass right now. Uh, I think that same promo in a in a non-COVID time would have had a lot better audio and we wouldn't be talking about the audio. So I look past it myself. But I'm more talking just about the promo itself. I don't care about the audio issues because the promo itself won me over, period. I also don't get why he wouldn't just have a mic clip. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But yeah, fair enough. No, no, no. We can't be blaming on them. But I, I just feel like I don't. I'm not interested in their in their promos because they're just not all of them, but some of them because the audio just sucks and I'm just weirded out. Your off. audio sucks. Sorry, offensive. All of a sudden. Yep. Yep. You signed up uh, like a Twitter yeah. angry person. Gonna there. tweet about it. The rest of this week, all of my tweets are gonna start off with JLB's audio sucks. I believe it. I believe it. Well, anyways, on that note, Fair we will wow. to what everyone has been waiting for. Um, yep. If you made it this far in this uh, podcast, it is time to announce the big announcement. We are actually having a contest. Hey! This is a Twitter contest. It's going to be oh. a tweet to win. The rules are simple. Tweet out a link to one of our episodes on whatever podcast platform you use. I don't care if it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Podbean, whatever. Just tweet a link to the episode. Make sure to hashtag it. Hashtag raw and order WBU. Um, talk about it. Say whatever you want to. Say good things, hopefully. That's the plan. Uh-huh. What do they win, Smarks? What do they win? What do they win? What do they win? At the end of the week, we will randomly pick a winner to win not just one of our brand new WBU t-shirts, they will also get what? their choice of shirts from Pro Wrestling Tees Shop of your choice. Done Whatever wrestler you want, we would encourage you to use it for one of the recently let go wrestlers or one of the currently not wrestling wrestlers. So either an indie wrestler, one of the people who's been recently released, but it's going to be your choice. So you will win two t-shirts, right? One hey. of ours and the Pro Wrestling Tees t-shirt of your choice up to $30 value on that t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees because we ain't made of money. Um, but And gonna... what do they need to do again, Smarks? Just tweet a link to one of our episodes. You can do this one, this very one you're listening to now, um, and hashtag it, hashtag raw and order WBU. Um, say good things, hopefully. Not required. I can't legally require you to say good things. You can say this podcast is crap. Um, but tweet it out. Um, we're going to keep a list. And here's the cool thing. Unfortunately, it's limited to North America only for right now. Shipping concerns. But the cool thing is you can enter as often as you want. You can tweet out every episode you listen to in a day. 
you can tweet you out. Can make every tweet you talk about hashtag Raw and Order WVU. As long as you put a link to one of our episodes in there. Yeah. You could talk That's about that. Tammy Lynn Sitch's new OnlyFans. Venture. Uh, <laughs> uh, now you skip. As Man. as long as long as you put one of our links in there, then you certainly can. Yeah, talk about whatever you want. So so that is the thing. Uh, like I say, limited to North America only for now. Um, we're hoping to get uh, a European version of our shop uh, opened up soon, but at the moment we just have the North American one. So shipping nor- just in the North American continent. Um, but yes, tweet it out. Give that hashtag. I'm going to keep track at the end of the week. We're going to do it. And this contest may be repeated. We might do it again next week. We might do it the week after that. So keep these coming. You make this one big to make himself. (laughs) Make this one big. If this one is big and gets enough response, we'll continue doing this. If we get a few entries or whatever... It's not worth it. We're not going to do it again, right? So make it a big one. I might add, you also did just mock all of Twitter on this episode. <laughs> That's fine. You can you can mock me on your tweet as long as it links to an episode of this show um, and has that hashtag at Raw and Order WBU. I'm Quite fine with reminder, it. I do tell everybody on my podcast or on on the NXT review to mock you. Yeah on Twitter, so I hope fine. it's happening. <laughs> you don't get to be a detective in the WBU without being able to take a little bit of mocking. <laughs> you gotta work your way up from a beat cop in the WBU all the way up to to sergeant, and then you get promoted to detective. I don't even know how these things work. I'm just making crap up. Um, but strange so, you were never a sergeant. No, I went straight to detective. I was an officer and then a detective. Anyways, but so that's the contest. Make it big. Get our name out there. Tweet it out. Tweet out a link to this episode. Tweet out a link to the Raw review. Tweet out a link to the AEW review, the NXT review, the FBI. Go back and listen to last week's and tweet those out. Get our name out there. We want to keep this growth up. Speaking of growth, the, did you did you mention to everybody what our growth? I mean, we've had some pretty serious numbers. So I want to give one last commendation, even though we didn't do this during commendations. And I want to give a commendation to our listeners because, wow, the growth we have experienced. Yeah, that's that's a fast clap, not even a slow clap. Um, the growth we've had over the last couple weeks. Thank you to all of the listeners. Thank you to the original listeners. Thank you to the new listeners. Thank you to everybody. And that's really what this contest is about, is telling all of you, thank you. Um, Because uh, without you guys, um, this is just the phone calls that it was, you know, six months ago when when Smarks and I were talking. We don't even get the opportunity to meet uh, our wonderful Canadian friend. Um, You know, I, I feel... I'm almost humbled. Well, no, I'm not almost humbled. I am completely and 100% humbled by um, our listeners. And uh, I do want to say thank you to everybody. So that's the accommodation that that we should have given at the beginning of the accommodations, but I wanted to wait till now. <laughs> yep. Well so, said. go ahead. No, I just said well said. But so on that note, we will start to wrap this up. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at 
DA Vincent K. Fabe. And of course, Justin is found at at JLB420 and the brand is Real Talk Radio at Real Talk Radio 8 anchor.fm slash RTR is where you can find all my social doobly doos uh, damn it it's in my head now like <laughs> you use it and I just can't get it out um, and yeah that is me thank you guys for another great episode yes it was fun it was fun thank everyone for listening um, like D.A. Fabe said, I, I truly am humbled and, and appreciative of every single one who's uh, been listening from the beginning, still listening now, everyone who just started listening. Um, it's great. We've been heard in over 11 countries last time I checked, um, which is crazy to think our voices are going out that far with this. And it's growing every day. Um, we know so, coast to coast like butter and toast, baby. That's right. You know that's right. But so like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> um, make sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you can rate us. That also helps more people hear us. But we um, will close the book on this uh, episode. Thank everyone for listening. We will see you soon with the Raw Review and then the visit from the FBI. Thank you all. Thank you.